Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Dom Roberts, a designer, creative, and activist living in Los Angeles. This is The Uncomfortable Podcast, a show where I speak with new friends, fellow activists, and guests all united and passionate about different injustices or just generally uncomfortable topics. It's time to dig deep into the human experience, and that's on period. It's all love. Let's get uncomfortable. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am divorced, not dead. I'm a former Bravo TV star and now former wife. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. Welcome back to another episode of Divorced, Not Dead. And tonight, I'm really, really excited to introduce my really good friend, Dr. Kat Cohen, all the way from New York. And um, she's agreed to come on. And so I'm very excited to welcome Kat to the show. Hi, Caroline. Very happy to be here. So Kat, explain to everyone sort of what you do. And, you know, you also are a good speaker and all of these things. And you know, why I've got you on the show. So I am the founder and CEO of a company called Ivy Wise. We're an educational consulting company and we advise students and families from all over the globe on all of their educational needs with a focus on higher education. So helping students gain admission to selective colleges and universities. That said, we also do test preparation, tutoring, but I'm a counselor. And I counsel people. And I think given the topic that, you know, that your podcast is all about, I, while I don't counsel on divorce per se, I've been through it myself. And in hindsight, I do have a lot of advice for women, especially who are either going through a divorce or on the other side of it and how to live their best lives. Kat and I are old good friends and we have very different stories. So I think it's about living your best life regardless of what happened. And I think, you know, Kat and I were discussing it earlier a little bit, you know, as to how we would approach this podcast. And I think my story is very different to her story. And her story is probably more common with women because having said that I want to be single and to, you know, take my time, I ended up in a full on 
fully-fledged relationship already. And I think what normally happens and is is very normal, whether a woman leaves the man or, or not, and it's her choice, they still go through very, very difficult times at the beginning, adjusting from a long-term relationship to being a single woman, adjusting to life on her own. Will I meet someone else? Going on terrible dates and then understanding that, you know, that maybe things aren't working out the way you thought they'd work out or, you know, doubting yourself or, you know, suddenly waking up and understanding your life is a completely different one. A lot of women struggle with this and, you know, have a grief, grieving process as it were. It's like a death. It's like a death to an old life. That's not to say the new one isn't greater on the other side. A lot of times it is. And I think that's, you know, but you definitely had a moment, Kat, right? Definitely. And I think one of the toughest things for me and other women I know when they first get divorced is the life they knew it was their married life, or they were known as Mrs. So-and-so or the spouse or partner of so-and-so. So I think one of the first things that I had to regroup and think about was redefining myself and going back to who I was prior to marriage the things that made me happy on my own without my spouse. And I actually sat down and I wrote these things just to remind myself, okay, here are the things that I like to do just for, just for me. What makes me happy? Because I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole of woe is me. I'm getting divorced. My life has ended. You know, everything's so miserable, blah, blah, blah. And I think a lot of women go down that rabbit hole and then they stay there and they can stay there not only for months, but they can stay there for years. And it's very hard to get out of that. And they're wasting their lives. Do you think, do you think that you got out of it faster because you were in, I mean, obviously you have a busy business and a hectic life and you had children. So it's very hard to give up. Do you think that that forced you out of your rabbit hole much quicker than maybe you would have? I think that I definitely had several months of the, you know, grieving, of the questioning, of being angry, of being sad, of crying, you know, going through lots of stages that women go through, even though that in my case, the divorce was my choice. I I still went through a very difficult period for, for several months. I was discussing it at that time with a friend of mine who reminded me of this theory that I now live by that basically, and and it may sound negative, but it's not um, because it kind of gave me this wake up, wake up call I needed is that if nothing tragic happens to us on average, we have about 28,000 days on the planet. And when you think about that in terms of your timeline, you know, if you're 30, you've lived 10,000 days. If you 40, you live several thousand days more. If you're in the middle of that timeline, which is where I found myself, I realized that the last three or 4,000 days of the timeline are not necessarily the greatest days you're going to have on the planet because your memory might go, your, your hips might be fragile, your bones might be fragile, you're, you're, you don't have as much energy to do all the great things that you want to do. And so basically that you could wake up and the next day, you could have 9,999 days left on your timeline. And so when I thought about life like that, I actually just pivoted immediately. I just realized, wow, 
if today is 9,999, then I better make the most of that day. And by the way, that night, you know, you have to think about the full day. Like, what are you going to do with your days? And I started to think about the things that I wanted to do. And I put things on my bucket list and I have a pretty long bucket list and some of them I can't fulfill right. <laughs> can't fulfill right now because of the pandemic. But you realize a lot of people say, you know, someday I'm going to do this. Someday I'm going to do that. But someday is not an actual day. You have to make the things happen in your life. When I embrace that mindset, I changed. And I realized the most valuable thing that we have here is our time. Not only our time, but the time of the good days where we have our health, where we have our energy. And now more than ever in this pandemic, we realize how important our health is, right? To be able to do the things you want to do. And who we spend our time with. Exactly. And what happened to me right after divorce, I think happens to a lot of women. People surprised me in my network. There were some friends who stepped up and who were there for me 100% and included me in things and brought me out. And, and friends who actually, maybe I wasn't actually even as close with, were really there for me. And yet others who I thought I was really close to distanced themselves from me, especially married women. A lot of married women will distance themselves from divorcees for whatever reason, because we're fun and we're independent and it scares the living shit out of them, you know, and that's the issue. Like, I I don't want friends like that, frankly. I, you know, you and I are great friends. What what happens when Sergio's in town and I'm not? He goes to dinner with you. Have Do I call you ever and say, when's he coming out? When's he back? Where are you going? Never. You have a great night. I don't even think about it. You're my really good friend. If I can't send my boyfriend out for dinner with my really good friend without worrying, there's something wrong with me. Exactly. And, And I realized I did an inventory of who my real friends were at that time. And it was really clear to me. And so I would just focus my energy on the people who I knew were there for me. Now, that didn't mean, and I think some people do this as well, that they will tell everyone their woes, everything that happened through the divorce, every just woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. And so one of the things that I talk to other women about is, you know, people say, well, do you see the glass is half full or do you see the glass is half empty? So I often will talk to my friends who are getting divorced and advise them not to just tell everyone all of their woes, that that can really be saved for therapy or maybe one best friend but to try to be positive, because if you're negative all the time with other people, ultimately people will distance themselves from negative people. And so I'll often ask the question, do you see the glass is half full or half empty? How would you answer that, Caroline? You know what I am. I'm a half full kind of a girl, because I think if you look always, we all know victims out there where everything happens to them. And I think it's a self, how do you say it? prophecy. Yes, that's it. That's what I'm looking for. And I think that if you put that out into the universe, that's exactly what bloody happens. It's like a green light uh, system, isn't it? If you wake up and you feel like the, well, everything's going to go good for you, and that's why I try and meditate no matter how badly I wake up, suddenly things happen for you. And then I think if you start off like my life is shit, everything's wrong, and my ex-husband's an asshole, and, you know, first, as I, I've said many times, who wants to date that? And who wants to hear that? Your friends get sick of it. They get sick of it, and you become the bore. So here's the reality about the glass. The glass 
is not half full and the glass is not half empty. The glass is full, 100% full. It may have 50% water and 50% air, but the glass is full, 100%. And that's the answer to, the, to that little riddle about the glass. And if you can look at the glass that way and think about, okay, I've got a full glass here. And how am I going to, and look at your life that way, that your life can be full in any way that you want it, but you're not the victim. Um, and as I said before, you know, you're going to be surprised by who is there for you and who isn't there for you. But the most important person to be there for you is actually you. You have to be your biggest fan. You have to be your biggest supporter in the divorce. You can't rely on other people to do that for you. You kind of have to get back to yourself. I'm going to tell you a story because one of my friends did this for me when I was when I was first getting divorced. She said, "I'm going to take you out shopping." And I said, "Shopping? You know, I'm going through this divorce. It's costing me a fortune. Blah blah blah. I have no money for shopping." She's like, "Look, you're going to spend this money today, and it's going to be the best money you ever spent." And she took me lingerie shopping. Now, that was the last thing on my mind while I was getting divorced. Like, what? Lingerie? I don't need lingerie right now. She's like, you need lingerie. So she took me to a store. We tried on, like, tried on a bunch of little outfits. And I bought a couple of lingerie outfits. And what it did for me was really interesting because it wasn't about me dating someone new. It wasn't about going out and, you know, being wild and dating, and, and dating different people. It was really about me. It was about how could I wake up every day and feel wonderful and about myself, to feel beautiful, to feel attractive. And it started with that lingerie. And I'm a big believer in this because I wear it not for anybody else. I wear it for me so I can feel good about myself every day and say, wow, I'm a beautiful, attractive person. And it kind of just starts my day that way. And it was a really, I, I, I go back to that story because it was like the last thing on my mind, but it ended up being one of the things that empowered me to move past that relationship. And it's so funny you say getting back to yourself because that is key. And I think, you know, a lot of times I have another girlfriend of mine. I hope she doesn't, well, it doesn't matter. She's a really good friend of mine. We were always laughing because both of us, I think when you get married and you get married young, you don't know yourself. I mean, you really don't. You, you, you think you do, but you don't. She was married 23 years, I think it was. And we got divorced literally the same time. She said to me yesterday, she said, Caroline, this is the first time in 23 years I'm me. Like really me. And it's so weird because I remember her, her husband used to travel a lot, just like, you know, Jem. So we would like hang out on her boat, like have all these amazing weekends together. And she would be so chill, music, you know, we'd listen, you know, we'd go out into the ocean and just listen to all this beautiful, just chill and drink rosé, get drunk, have a giggle. And then her husband would come home and it's like she turned into the Stepford wife. And it was so weird because I didn't really know her as a married woman that much because she wasn't, she was only married for the last year and he was gone for a lot of it, that I'd met her. And so to watch the change in how she was around him versus how she was with just us, she was so much more relaxed and so much more zen and cool and like whatever. And then suddenly she would, her back would go up and she'd be like this wife that was like ordering the boat stuff, like Goldie Horn on Overboard. It was hilarious <laughs> to see that, yeah, to see the difference because it was, they didn't even match up. 
it was totally different to me. You know, when she took the the ring and said, look, I'm going to do it. And, you know, we both ended up doing it at the same time. We've both chosen very alternative guys to move on with compared to where we were. And it's really weird. We went to see this um, site, not psychic, but I, I think she's a, a healer of some sort or whatever. And she told me that our ex-husbands, we everything happened the same for us. Both our ex-husbands are wood wood signs and we're both metals and both our new boyfriends are fire. So with wood, her and I were doing chop, 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 and they would just grow back more wood. And with our new men, the fire would melt our metal. And so mm. we became oh, softer. Like Isn't it amazing? And we became softer people with them. And so it's so funny to see the parallel of how women change is what I think the point of this whole story was women change to the environment and the environment that we've grown up in and the environment of what we've been told we should be, what a wife is, you know, and what, what a wife should be rather than, you know, staying true to ourselves. So now we are such free spirits. Like every day I get up and do what I want to do. Everything around, I am totally selfish in a great way. I don't want to be around people that don't make me happy. You make me happy. She makes me happy. You know, I've got very few girlfriends that I really want in my life for the rest of my life. I think you and I have very similar views, Kat, on what the rest of our life looks like, which is, you know, now that we know ourselves, we're not going to lose ourselves again for another man. Right. It's, it's funny. My, my younger daughter, who's now nine, uh, Cassia, as you know, OMG Cassia, ever since she could talk, I would ask her the question, who do you love the most? Of course, expecting the answer to be you, mommy, right? We expect our little ones to say you, mommy. And she's always answered the question, who do you love the most? Her answer is always, well, me, of course. She loves herself the most. And I asked her the same question today. And I'll say, who do you love the most? She said, well, me first. And then you, mommy. And, you know, I love her answer just because she knows already to love herself first. We have to do that. We have to be there for ourselves. We have to love ourselves. We have to do the things that make us happy. You say you're, quote unquote, being selfish, but you're taking care of yourself. And that is so critical in, in your life that it's almost like putting it when you're on an airplane and they say, you know, put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you put it on your kids. If you're not happy yourself, the people around you are not going to be happy. Your, your kids will not be happy if you're not happy. When I went back to the theory of 28,000 days, I, I definitely changed the way I was living my life. And I made the most of the city I live in, New York, but also any of the other cities I was going to for work, you know, even in New York, just taking more advantage of the theater or events, which unfortunately we can't do right now, which is really unfortunate, the place we're in right now. But I would just make plans every week. So I had to get things on my schedule. Okay, I want to go to this show. I want to see this exhibit. I want to go to this event. And I would start just putting things in the calendar. Some things on my own, some things on my own with friends and some things with the kids and me. But I started to just make more of each day instead of just letting it pass me by and sitting around, you know, watching Netflix all day long. Certainly can have some days like that. But for me to make the most of my life was so, so important. And, and in the last five years that I've been divorced have been probably five of the best years of my life. And the other thing is, 
to, as you were saying before, like taking the stigma out of divorce. When people tell me they're getting divorced, I say, congratulations, not I'm so sorry. Congratulations. Maybe your marriage was not meant to last as long as you thought it was going to last. And I think it's just a different view, a different approach. If you can come at it from a place of positivity, you can see all the possibilities. And there's so many possibilities for your life. And looking at you, your new love, you know, who knew that this would be your life right now, this possibility, and you're making it happen. Well, I think that's an interesting, Um, sorry, place, you know, is that you, you and I have very similar ideals on like ending our days and dating because, you know, I obviously I'm very in love with Sergio and, you know, we're very happy, but you know, if it wasn't forever, that's also right. You know, and I'm not scared of that. And you're exactly the same. You like, you look for Mr. Right now you're not that bothered. You know, I mean, obviously it's nice if it can, it goes all the way. It's just not the end game. It's not always the worry. It's, you know, which makes us a lot more fun, I think, to have in your life. You know, a woman DM'd me the other day going, you know, I met this guy, he's a little young, you know, in the future he may want children. So I'm going to break up with him now. I went, well, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Why don't you break up with him? You know, when you get to that bridge. Exactly. I think, you know, for me, it's about not waiting for, you know, the prince or coming up on the white horse, you know, this whole, the fairy tale image of what a relationship is supposed to be or what a marriage or a second marriage or a third marriage or whatever it is supposed to be. It's more about if you connect with someone, enjoy your time with them while you have that time. And people come into our lives for different reasons at different times. They teach us different life lessons. You know, the first boyfriend I had after I got divorced, He was so important to me in my life, although we're not together right now, but he's the one who helped me get my mojo back. He helped me feel desired after I hadn't been feeling like that for a while. And and he was so important in my timeline, right? Now he wasn't meant for the rest of my life, but that's okay because what he did, he gave me a lot and it was a really important relationship. Again, I agree with you that we just have to look at the rest of this timeline as chapters, just like what we've had today. Like if we all told our life stories, there would be chapters, even if you're married right now and you've been married for a long time, there's still different chapters because we go through different phases. And if you can think of the rest of your life like that, it's like, okay, well, here's the beginning of a new chapter and that chapter may end. And that's okay because there's more up ahead. There's more coming for you. Absolutely. And I think that that's the the key to not being scared and the key to living your best life and the key to a wonderful new life when you understand it's based on chapters. You know, I would hate to force or to make Sergio feel that he had to be me with me when I'm 80. And he's, you know, he's not. I don't want someone to feel that, you know, this is a duty and they have to do these things. You know, if he wants to be here, wonderful. But if he doesn't, that's okay too. And hopefully we'll be best friends for the rest of our lives, regardless. I think the friendship thing is important. I think if you can get to a place of friendship with your ex or your exes, that's a really positive place to be and something that I have managed to do in in my life, which is great because it's now like my, I have old great friends who are supportive of me. So remembering your relationship in terms of the, the friendship piece that your relationship in originally had 
that's another thing going through divorce to get back to that, to get back to the places where you did get along, I think is important. The other big piece of advice I give to women when they're going through the divorce is don't let the divorce itself drag on. Because the, first of all, it's going to cost you a ton of money. Like the more time you spend on your lawyers, the more it's going to cost you. And there's um, no winner. But it's also Right, exactly. The lawyers are the winner, but it also costs you negative energy. And as we were talking about earlier, time, your most valuable asset is your time, right? So when, when you're speaking, if a woman is out there getting divorced and they're speaking to their divorce lawyer, they should set a timer for like 10 minutes or 15 minutes for each call, have their agenda ready with the bullet points that they want to discuss with the lawyer and then get off the phone because lawyers will keep you on the phone. If you're going on and on complaining about your, your soon to be ex and what, what's happening with that, they're going to listen, 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 listen. And you realize that you're paying for your own words. You're paying for your own complaints. You don't want to do that. You only want to get their advice. So you want to keep those costs down. And so I tell people, if you're going through divorce, get divorced fast. Even if it costs you more, even if you have to accept a lower payout or you have to pay your spouse out more on either side, get divorced as fast as you can. Because the faster you are done with it, when it's all signed, sealed and delivered, the, the faster you can move on into this positive next chapter and put the negativity of the last chapter away. I have so many friends that it defines them and it's like it's their story. And it's so sad because they're beautiful, intelligent women. And I'm thinking to myself, you're literally wasting your lives. Like, I mean, I don't know what it is, but once I'd pulled off that bandaid and I, again, obviously Sergio has helped a lot and I was extremely lucky and I, I, you know, I don't know how it happened, but I was, I was lucky, but I genuinely don't look back. I, it's so weird. I don't really recognize the girl I was. And I've, I'm changing into such an independent, happy, I like, you, you know me, I can't take the smile off my face right now. And it's not because I hated my life or my ex, because I don't. And he gave me a great life for, you know, a long time. It's just, I'm a different person. I'm a completely different person. And I don't want to be that person anymore. You're right. I, you know, I lost friends and I've gained amazing ones too. So either way for me that this was, this was my rebirth to know that everything I'm achieving right now is on my own and that I'm holding this family together on my own, my side is so exciting to me. It's frightening, but it's exciting. It's the most amazing growth period for me. I'm, I'm living my best life, which is, you always say to me, you look like you're living your best life and I am. And as are you, I feel like I have been living my best life for the last five years. And I know I have even more ahead of me. And so I wake up every day, just waking up. And like you say, you do meditation. The first thing I think about when I wake up is like, I'm here, I'm, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm capable of doing lots of things. I wake up just feeling very positive. It's the start to the new, this new day on my timeline what am I going to do with my day? How am I going to make this day amazing? And I put something into my schedule. I work full time as uh, the CEO of Ivy Wise, and I, I'm certainly extremely busy. I, I work more than full time, basically, in terms of my work. And, and I also am raising two 
girls as a single mom, but I still will put things down in my calendar for the day that are just for me. Things that make me happy, whether it's having dinner with a girlfriend or I'm going to take a 15 minute bubble bath just to like drown out everything around me, not be on my devices and just relax my body with salts and like kind of do my own little home spa. Or it might be carving out time to read this amazing book I'm reading, or it might be going out to get my nails done to, you know, make me, you know, feel more polished for the day or it could be something so small, but those little things are important to me. So I, I, whether it it could be working out or doing a a fun yoga class, anything that's going to make me feel better about me and make me happy. And so I, you have to put those things into the day. And I think people forget about that. They just kind of wake up and they're like, ah, I got a million things to do and this, that, blah, 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 blah. But if you actually schedule in a couple of things, a massage once a month or whatever it is, and, and, and it may be something, a little splurge thing that you do for yourself that, you know, you know, what? I'm going to just feel great after doing that. And that's going to make me happy. No, I am absolutely with you. I think these things, as I've always said, confidence is key. If it's, you know, if it's just having your hair done, putting on a lipstick, putting on a high heel, whatever gives you that sort of oomph to go kill the day, go kill it. And I always put, as I did Pilates today and, you know, I'm, I'm on my new lifestyle diet and I'm sort of cutting out alcohol and these things just make me feel great until obviously I'm human. I will be off to do stuff again very soon. But you know, these things are all for me. So you're absolutely right. I think it's the only way that you can be a good wife, mother, girlfriend, whatever, if you are able to dedicate things to yourself, because otherwise girls, we end up just spending the whole day worrying for other people. I was thinking yesterday, you know, I've got all these, this team of people that work in my house and it's growing a lot and it's getting bigger than I actually had wanted because after my last thing in, you know, England and having all those employees, I just didn't want this responsibility again. And I've ended up, it's growing again at a speed that you can't actually stop it. And then I was thinking to myself, I'm going to end up working as hard as I do and paying all these other people. And actually I don't have any time left for myself. I'm absolutely said it to the girls this morning that they have to take on the bits of my life that I hate because otherwise what's the point of me being able to do all this and to work 24 seven, which I do because as soon as Dubai's asleep, America wakes up. That's my life. So I don't get, I don't get to clock off at six, you know, or seven. They do. They have to pick up the bits I hate because that's, that frees me up to go and lie and do Pilates for an hour or take a walk or walk my dogs, you know, they're they're my passion or, you know, think about my new harebrained scheme of what I'm going to (laughs) do. Exactly. I thought when I got divorced and I did this exercise of sort of remembering who I was pre-marriage, which I thought was so important, like who was I before I had met my husband? What did I do? What made me happy? And I actually went even farther back into my timeline, farther back into my life. And a couple of things I used to do as a kid and through my teens and, and a little bit beyond. So one of them was I was, I used to play the piano and I started playing when I was five and I did it all the way through my teens and then I gave it up and I thought, you know what? I really miss piano. I wanted to see if I can do that again. So 
in the last two years, I started taking piano lessons again, which has been one of the greatest gifts I've given to myself in, in my post-divorce life. I'm like reconnecting with the child within me and remembering, like even learning the same songs that I learned when I was five, six, seven years old. And it's been so much fun. And it gives me that hour every week where I can completely, you know, have no device around me, completely tune out and focus on the music, which has been so fun. I used to play tennis competitively when I was a teenager. So I've gotten back into tennis again and met new people through that and try to play whenever I can. And it make, it's just one of those things, again, that makes me happy for me. I've also tried to introduce my kids to these similar activities. So now my kids and I will all play tennis together. And so now it's a you know family activity, which is wonderful. And it's really creating a new tradition for us that we did not do when I was married. I just encourage women out there to think about what will make you happy every day and stick to that. Because as you said, Caroline, you know, the, the woe is me victim divorcee story becomes your story. Nobody wants to hear that story over and over again. They want to know who you really are at your core and what's up ahead for the future, being open and being open to the possibility of positivity and positive things. And I too wake up with a smile on my face every day. I don't have a Sergio in my life at the moment, but I still am really happy no matter what, because um, I know what I do have. I value what I have. I appreciate what I have every day. Um, I call it having the attitude of gratitude. If you have the attitude of gratitude, you're in a good place. Agreed. I have gratitude every day. We're all in a good place. Luckily, where you are in your life right now is your choice. Where I am in my life is my choice. We are grateful for where we are, even if we're still on the journey. As I said, you know, maybe you haven't found Prince Charming today, but, you know, maybe my Prince Charming will find a younger woman tomorrow. So you just don't know. And that's the thing. And that's the beauty of life. And I think as long as girlfriends, we we all have each other's back and we enjoy these great stories. And we, you and I giggle all the time about the, you know, about them and, you know, the life we lead and what we're achieving together, you know as women and being able to live this life and choose and be able to have the choice, we are extremely, 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 and I said extremely lucky. And I think that if we can teach one woman really from this, how to live their best life and how to just be happy through whatever circumstance she, she finds herself in, I think that it would have been all worthwhile. I agree. I tell women, you know, give yourself the opportunity to mourn or to cry and have maybe, you know, your one or two best friends that you cry and let it all out to for everyone in your life showing if you if you're constantly showing up crying negativity, woe is me, I'm the victim, that it's going to get tired. You get cut off the dinner party list very bloody quickly, I can assure you. It does. It does. And if having a therapist helps, you know, that might be the person you go to, your go-to person to talk about all that stuff. But if with the majority of people in your life, you can find the good in every day, and it's kind of, again, looking at the glass as 100% full. So let's look at the good and focus on those things. It doesn't mean you're not going to problem solve the the problems in your life. We all have problems and no no matter how good our lives are. Everybody experiences problems. 
Um, and you will problem solve those things. But I think if you can come at every day with that positivity and a smile on your face, even just the practice of smiling, actually, it's, it's funny, it, there's, there's, I've, I've read about this, that it just, if you make yourself smile, you actually will become happy. But you have to kind of, sometimes there are moments where you're like, oh, this is such a stressful day, or this is a tough day. And if you smile through it and think of some things that make you laugh, I have social media. There's one girl I follow just for her memes because they're always really funny. And she, and she posts, I don't know, like 20, 20 of them on her story every single day. And I go through her story every day just to make myself laugh and give myself a smile on my face when I need it. So to find those little things to make you smile as you're going through life and knowing that everybody has their issues and even and, and, and this is the other thing I learned when I got divorced, even in the, what you think are the most perfect marriages around you, nobody's marriage is perfect. I mean, it, it just doesn't exist the way, the way we think it does. You know, we think, oh, this couple, they have it all. They're the, the perfect couple, perfect family. Nobody has it. And, and knowing that, that was actually like a big revelation for me when I got divorced, realizing, okay, my marriage didn't work out. Okay. And I understand why it didn't work out. And I thought all these people around me were just perfectly happy all the time. And the reality is they're not. And I've had many conversations with my married friends on the things that aren't so great in their lives that aren't working out so well. So don't always think the grass is always greener because it's not. And ultimately we have to grow the own grass underneath our feet. We're going to fertilize the soil underneath us by planting all those great seeds of positivity, the things you want to do in your life, and the grass is going to grow underneath your feet and you're going to have your own field to lie in. I think that's the perfect way to end this podcast. Grow your own grass, girls. Grow your own grass. (laughs) I mean, honestly, it's, yeah, that's the line. Grow your own grass. Because, you know, your grass is not somebody else's grass. So, and don't listen. Take your own advice. Go with your own gut and live your best life. Thank you, Kat. Exactly. For Thank you, Caroline, for having me on. on. No, so it's fun. been great. Really, really good. Love having you on. You're always welcome. So um, send you a big kiss. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind-the-scene action.